Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Tell It Abs It Is podcast, your home for everything Colorado Avalanche on the Hockey Podcast Network. Here's your hosts, Griffin Youngs and Christian Boulay. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of the Tell It Abs It Is podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm Griffin Youngs, joined by Christian Bollet, as always. So after last episode of really just having to make up everything on the fly, there's been a couple of things that have happened for the Avs over the last couple of days. They played some of their best hockey of the season, winning both games of the back-to-back against the Winnipeg Jets and the Calgary Flames, and they're making some moves as well. And you know what? We actually got one right. Jack Johnson is coming back to the Colorado Avalanche, which... Sounds all well and good. Love that for the vibes of the team. However, in return, the Avs are giving up Andreas Englund. So we're just going to hop right into this because we've got a lot of things to talk about. We're not going to screw around. Christian, what do you make of this? Yeah, I mean, at first I was very confused uh, because uh, Englund has improved uh, very much so in his time since he's been with the Avs. but you're getting Jack Johnson, and we love Jack Johnson, but statistically, he has been the worst defenseman in the NHL this year. Like It's he's it's been, not even close. Yeah, he has definitely been towards the bottom. And you know what? I love the idea of having Jack Johnson back to be the unofficial team dad like he was last year. Everyone loves Jack Johnson and loved having him on the team. But this is a weird one. This one, one for one, Let's be honest, this is a downgrade that Andreas Englund is probably better than Jack Johnson. The only justification I can see is that once Kale McCarr comes back, they were worried about losing Englund on waivers or they were going to get Jack Johnson or somebody else, because I don't think this is the only move they make on the back end. And Englund would have been put on waivers and likely claimed, but this kind of seems like a very similar result regardless it seems very similar uh, getting Jack Johnson. Like you said, vibes are going to be high. Um, we predicted that. We we knew Jack Johnson was going to come back to the Avs at some point this year. Um, the return is weird. Uh, I think it does make sense, though, if England was going to go on waivers and he gets claimed, you might as well get something for him. Uh, do I love it? No. But Chris McFarland and Joe Sackick are significantly smarter than I am. 
and they know what they're doing. So I'm just going to put my trust in Joe Sackick and Chris McFarland because they have not led me astray in this five year run. Uh, and we'll see, but it's definitely, it, it's, it's a head scratcher. I, I remember my sister, we were at uh, like a barbecue and she showed me the tweet and I was like, that's fake. Like, there's no way that's fake. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. that's I, real. I saw the whole thing develop in real time where I saw the Peter ball tweet saying we were getting Jack Johnson. You can see the whole thing on the, on the yeah. Twitter account where I'm just like, let's fucking go. And then like three seconds later, it's like, wait, what? Yeah. England for, for Jack Johnson. How does, but that's a downgrade. How does that make any sense? And now that I've had about an hour or two to really piece this together, I still don't like it. I like Jack Johnson and I'm happy to have him back. I'm not necessarily comfortable with the idea of playing him though. But that's where I think you have to get your galaxy brain on because doesn't it just kind of seem like it'll be Jack Johnson, the seventh defenseman going into the playoffs. Right. But the seventh defenseman probably is going to have to play eventually. Yeah. I mean, we saw it in the playoffs last year. He was he was the sixth defenseman, but he he didn't play. Played yeah. like eight minutes in the Stanley Cup final each game. But, so but I, I think the abs are point, yeah yeah. Gerard, Gerard broke his sternum, and yeah, then he got hit by to play the rest of the playoffs, and he did not play like you said, really more than eight to ten minutes a night, which puts a lot of pressure on the top guys. It does. It does. But I think the abs aren't done on the back end. I think they're going to get one more guy. I really do. Um, and then when you have EJ come back, hopefully, then you're rocking eight defensemen. Yeah. So it's just, it's I think really- this was more of an insurance policy because even though I love Curtis McDermott, you cannot play him in the playoffs. You cannot. I, I, I think this says the abs like Curtis McDermott though. No, I agree. Like they're not going to get rid of Curtis McDermott. It was very clear that they wanted McDermott over England just because McDermott's McDermott. Um, But I think this is kind of that insurance where it's like, Hey, if shit hits the fan, Curtis won't have to play. And let's say shit hits the fan even worse. We're talking potentially Curtis McDermott, Jack Johnson pairing in the playoffs, which could be concerning to say the least. That would be, I just envisioned that in like the Western Conference Finals, like Jack Johnson, Curse McDermott on a D pair against McDavid and Dreisaitl. That'd be fun. Yeah. That'd be really I th- fun. I think they have a better chance just laying down on the ice, holding right. each other's <laughs> skates and just hoping yeah. they like trip over them along the way. Yeah. Um, but it's interesting. Like you said, Jack Johnson kicks ass, uh, not as a player, but as just an all-time vibes guy. Uh, but even in the regular season last year, I think we were pleasantly surprised with Jack Johnson last yeah. year. I mean, like, Jack Johnson in the regular season last year was fine, especially at this point in the season, right. in late February and March, where we were like, I don't know how you take him out because he's doing everything you're asking of him. Yeah, we thought we, they were going to play him instead of Eric Johnson. Yeah, but... it was, that was a real conversation where, it was where Eric Johnson was having a pretty tough stretch of games and Jack Johnson was not. And we were talking... How do you take Jack out of the lineup when both of the Johnsons are playing like this? Yeah, it's going to be interesting. I think it's an insurance policy. I don't think the abs are done on that back end. Um, It does concern me because we are talking Eric Johnson broke his ankle and we're thinking he's going to be good in two months. Like, I don't know about you, but bones seem don't seem to heal that fast. So I think I think there's a difference between he'll be ready to play in six to eight weeks and when he'll be all better, which right. is probably when he has it looked at again in the off season. Correct. Correct. So I don't know. I, I want to criticize the move, but like I said, Joe Sackett and Chris McFarland are significantly smarter than I am. 
Um, it's an interesting move. It's definitely one of those ones you look at and you go, especially for us, as we've watched all the abs games this year, you're like, Andreas England's been kind of a nice surprise. Uh, so it's definitely a little head scratching, but I have a feeling that this is going to work out just fine for us. Yeah. It seems like we also are getting the breakdown on the Timo Meyer trade, which is breaking on the show. So it seems like what it is, is the New Jersey Devils are getting Timo Meyer and Scott Harrington. Meyer 50% retained for, I'm going to absolutely screw up this poor guy's name. I feel so bad about this. <laughs> Shakir Makhamad Adulin, Fabian Zetterland, Andreas Engeland, Nikita. Okay, this one's even worse. Nikita Okhitiuk, 2023 first and a conditional 2024 first round pick in return for the Sharks. That's happening right now from Pierre. That's a good return. Pretty decent. I like I like that move for both sides, especially if the Devils get him locked up. Yeah, I bet you that the conditional is if he resigns with them, it turns into a first. I think, I think you're dead on with that. Yeah. It has to be, especially if so, he if he signs like a certain above three year right. extension with them or something that turns into another first. That just makes sense. But yeah. that took like four hours to get the return <laughs> on. Come on, guys. Yeah, That's like fun. must have been something. Did you say Andreas England in that too? Is there another Andreas England? Did I say Andreas? Yeah, England? you said Andreas England, and it kind of made me think. Uh, Andreas Janssen. Janssen, okay. okay. Yeah, I think okay. Right. I, I have a lot of brain farts. I think that one's a little <laughs> understandable, considering how hard I just pivoted that conversation. Yeah. I was just sitting there. I was like, wait, there's another Andreas England? That's kind of sick. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm, I think this is like the fifth straight episode. I have just completely screwed up somebody's yeah, okay. We're not professionals. So Andreas, Andreas Janssen, not Andreas England. I, I'm not mad at myself for that one. We're literally talking about it. Yeah. So, anyway, so that, but that's a good it. trade. I mean, we the trade deadline on Friday is going to be the most boring trade deadline of all time. Yeah, like maybe yeah. Patrick Kane gets traded on that day. Maybe even then, even then, we know he's going to the Rangers. Right, it's just a matter of their accruing cap space, and it might be Friday is the earliest time they can. What are your thoughts trade. on this? What are your thoughts on this? Because I was thinking about this in the car ride home last night from the game. I was wondering, like, do the Avs kind of do what the Wild have been doing since they'll have a little bit of extra cap space if they don't get anyone? Do they take some cap and just accrue some second and third round picks? I don't know how the LTIR works in that situation, though, because I think the wild they don't have anyone on LTIR. I mean, yeah, that, that, if, they, if they have the room, if that is how it works, then I don't see why not. Especially yeah. have that extra six million dollars going into the playoffs if Johnson's not coming back. But I think the thing is they they're not sure if Johnson's going to be back before the end of the regular season or not. Right. So I don't think they're going to take that risk and risk getting themselves stuck in cap hell. But I also, I also LTIR is so confusing. And I, yeah. even I who watches hockey a lot and most people do not understand exactly how this thing works. So no. I'm going to go. I was just wondering that because that could be a good way to accrue some draft picks. Yeah. I mean, the yeah. wild have done a pretty good, they've been in on all the big trades. I wouldn't be shocked if they're in on the eventual Patrick Kane trades. I wouldn't be shocked if they're in on this Meyer trade as well. And just, picked up an extra fourth round pick like they've done for the um which one was it tarasenko or they did no ryan o'reilly yeah ryan o'reilly that's the one it was it was ryan o'reilly and orlov are the two they stepped in on and got extra fourth round picks out of but i've totally pivoted this conversation just because that trade happened right now i've been waiting all day for it but getting back and finishing up on jack johnson for andreas england on paper i think it's pretty tough to say the abs didn't do anything but get worse because I I liked England this season and I love Jack Johnson 
but I'm a little concerned about seeing him on the ice because he is a year older. And yeah, you know, maybe being in Chicago and there being no expectations had a lot to do with some of his performance because I don't think there was much of an expectation to play defense in Chicago this season. But I hope I'm proven wrong. It would not be the first time I'm proven wrong on Jack Johnson, this time to a much lesser degree of my absolute nuclear meltdown of when it was when we signed him to a PTO the first time. Horrific overreaction. I like Jack Johnson. He's going to be good for the room. And the guys, when Jack Johnson walks into that locker room for the first time, the boys are going to be hyped. They're going to be so happy to see him. There is there is a picture of them raising the banner with Jack Johnson in a Blackhawks jersey on opening night. They adore this man. But in terms of the actual on-ice product, I need to see it. You have to think about this, though. The Abs are, have won the Stanley Cup every year Jack Johnson has played for the Colorado Avalanche. They're one for one. Yeah. So those are the analytics I look into. <laughs> those are so, the ones. Take that, nerds. Yeah, take that. But uh, that wasn't the only trade the Abs made. Uh, they also made another move to bolster up some uh, some goaltending depth. They traded Shane Bowers for Keith Kincaid from the Boston Bruins. Keith Kincaid will immediately report to the Eagles, correct? Correct. So – I I think I like this move. Uh, you can never like. You do not want to be in a situation where Georgiev or Francis gets hurt, and you have Ananin or Johansson as your backup. Yes, I think you look at this move as we'll talk about Shane Bowers in a second because I think that's a whole different can of worms. <laughs> is that no matter how you slice it, if you lose Georgiev and Frankie, you're fucked. There's no two ways about that. So you might as well not be disrupting Eustace Ananin's development and just for hypothetical sake, be throwing him into a second round playoff game against Dallas because that would probably be horrible for him and he'd get smoked and kill his confidence. And with JoJo, there's a reason Ananin has been playing over him when Frankie has been hurt for the last little while and why Georgiev has been playing second half of back-to-backs as well. I love JoJo. He's had his shots in the NHL and he is an AHL goalie. That's just his skill level. And you know what? That's fine. Not everyone is an NHL goalie, but you don't want that to be your safety blanket if right. it goes wrong. Keith Kincaid will not save you, but it is a better option this way, and it's it's just more insurance. You can never have enough insurance in goal. It just reminds me of when they traded for Michael Hutchinson or they claimed him off waivers in that 2020 year. Like yeah. the, the sh- shit hit the fan. Grubauer got hurt. Frankie got hurt. And then it was Michael Hutchinson who almost led them to the Western Conference Finals. Um, and Kincaid is a he has NHL experience, so that's what you got to look at it. Um, you can never have enough goaltending depth, and if the cost was Shane Bowers, that's the cost. I think a lot of people are not like upset, but like that seems like why are you giving up on Bowers? If we're gonna be honest. Like Bowers was a good story this year. He played that five minutes, but he's really as a prospect kind of failed to live up to expectations. I I think it's the same thing as Cal. I don't think Bowers is bad and never going to be able to break into the NHL. It just was not going to happen here. And when you look at what the Avs could potentially need this season, Kincaid could end up being more useful than Bowers. And I, I liked Bowers. It is so encapsulating of his tenure in Colorado that he finally got into a game and broke his arm five minutes in, which is tragic because I like Bowers. I think he's a good player, but this at least gives him a fresh start. 
And I think that is what was needed. This is a guy that if he had value, wouldn't have been on the abs coming into this season anyway, because he would have been part of a different package or some kind of swap. This allows both sides to move on. It gives the abs more depth and goal. On paper, is it a lot to give up for a third goalie? Yeah, but is Shane Bowers going to turn into anything here? Is he in any sort of their long-term plans? I, I don't think so. I really don't think so. Yeah, I don't think so either. So it's it's a, one of those ones where you you hope the best for Shane Bowers, um, that he can get healthy and crack into the league. I don't think Boston's even the place he's going to do it. Yeah, uh, that that's that's my hang-up on this. Is That's like, oh, he's going to get a fresh start in – Boston. Yeah. The team that's how that works out. Yeah. So I think when he signs in a free agent next year, it'll be good. Um, But it'd become, I mean, foodies passed him. I mean, Houdon's passed him. Like everyone has been called up instead of him. So yeah, that sucks. But I mean, it's just, it's part of the business of hockey. Um, And I I like the abs. You have three NHL caliber goalies now um, who can come up and play. You don't disrupt the development of Annan and who I actually think is developing very well. And he is going to be the abs goalie of the future. The uh, thing about developing goalies is you do not rush them. You do not put them in situations they are not ready for. Goaltending is like 99% mental. You do not disrupt his flow. You do not disrupt his confidence. You let him stay in the Eagles until he is ready. And sometimes for goalies, that's not until they're like 25 or 26 years old. For most goalies, that ends up being the case outside of like the best of the best. Anand, when he is eventually ready, is not going to be a superstar, but he's probably going to be pretty solid. And we saw even in the win he had over the Blues, there's still things he needs to work on. If If you give him a pretty solid defense, he might give you a win. But if you're letting him get torched, he's not going to save you kind of thing. You let him develop. And, you know, we might end up seeing Keith Kincaid pretty soon because we don't know when Frankie's going to be back. So we might be seeing Kincaid get some games here pretty soon. And I think the Avs would prefer that over throwing on and into the fire. My favorite thing is what Bednar said about Frankie. Um, he was like, the timeline we got was four weeks. It's been about two weeks. We're hopeful it's four weeks. <laughs> like, yeah, it's been the story. Of this, that's just been the story of the season is yeah. like we have a timeline. I think that's just more of a guess at this point. Yeah, so that was funny. Um, I I don't know if they'll do it with Kincaid because he'd have to clear waivers, wouldn't he? He's currently in the AHL right now, and Anand would not have to clear waivers. Neither would Johansson, and neither would JoJo. Would he? I don't. I'm not. I don't know. That's what I'm saying. We're not smart today on that. I would assume he would just because it's JoJo, and that guy gets passed around on waivers more than a cigarette. But with Kincaid. I think I'm pretty sure he would. I think he would. Too, I, don't see, yeah. I, don't see a, I don't see a reason why he wouldn't have to clear waiver right. unless he's on a two way contract, which I don't think he is. Yeah, I don't, I don't think, think he is either. Yeah. So he's on a one way contract. So he would have to clear waivers. I don't know if any team would claim him, but I think it's a better option than throwing Adnan into the fire. Maybe. Yeah, is- I agree. Maybe this is just pure insurance and you just have him in your back pocket rather than playing him right now. But I think that's it, the plan. The abs are more secure in net than they were 24 hours ago. Correct. So, yeah, it's a good trade. Wish Shane Bowers the best. Um, but 
that was a lot of news that broke compared to last Wednesday, like you were saying when we record last time. Um, yeah, where we just lied and yeah. just made up things for an hour and a half. <laughs> but did we talk about Miracle? Was that the day we talked about Miracle? Yeah, we talked about yeah. Miracle. Good times, man. Good times. Um, but Maybe let's let, let's talk some actual hockey here because these two games the Avs played, we both thought that these were going to be two massive games. We did not expect them to be as easy as both of them did because the Avs just dominated the Winnipeg Jets. Yeah. Dominated the Winnipeg Jets in the first half of the back-to-back. They absolutely took care of business in this game. This might have been the least stressful game of the entire season, and I was shocked by that. And like, I took, I missed the first five minutes because I had to get home, and I missed 70% of the goals in the game. And it starts 18 seconds into the game, Nathan McKinnon just – springs his way through everyone, a great setup by Lekin and Nchushkin, and just puts it over Connor Hellebuck and sets the entire tone for the game. Yeah, sets the entire tone for the game, and that's a play that is just, I feel like the ads have been trying to hit that all year, and they finally hit it in this game. Um, Lecky and Val make great plays. McKinnon is kind of like lingering in the defensive zone, and then he's just fucking shot out of a cannon. Um and I watched TikTok. I forgot to send it to you, but it was a, a video. They were like, they broke down just how smart McKinnon is because uh, all the time when he's doing that, he goes like to the the glove side. But this time he faked it and went blocker and Hellbuck had no chance. Yeah. Like it, it, he's a student of the game. Um, but yeah, it set the tone for the game with that early goal. And like you said, you missed five minutes of the game and you missed pretty much the entire game. Yeah, there was there ended up being six goals in the game. By the time I got home, it was three to one already. And you get later into this game, Brad Hunt takes a hold on Adam Lowry. Didn't love a lot of the calls in this game, but it kind of felt like they were really trying to get the Jets back into this. And they did on the first one. Mason Appleton tips in a Nate Schmidt shot and looks like this is just going to be a real back and forth game for a while. The Jets score on the power play and we were right. Miko Rantanen, basically 90 seconds later, set up by Erod, makes it two to one abs. And you could feel at that point, this game was broken open. Yeah, it was broken open. And Hellbuck was not good in this game. This he, was he, he, yeah. yeah, he was not good. Um, so, yeah, that Miko goal, I don't know how that one went in. I'm going to be honest with you. I, uh, that was not Miko's best goal, but it gives the abs a 2 1 lead. And then shortly after that, I called it. Bo Byron was going to score a goal and he fucking scored a goal. That was. Well, even then we're still, there's another one before that too. Oh, did I forget about Nieto? Yeah, no, was... I think Bo was first, wasn't it? No, Comfort was first. Where he, the... Oh, Jesus. Yeah, God damn. Right. I forgot there was five. I was thinking there was four. The whole I mean, time. There's, been, there's been a couple of things that have happened since this game, but yeah, there was four in the first period. Third one, JT Comfort tips home to Miko Ranton and shot. And the Avs had scored three goals on four shots, I believe, yeah. to this point, which with Connor Hellebuck in net was not expecting in the least bit. I was expecting like a, I said, what, five, two, even yeah. though I was like, probably gonna put a lot of shots. So maybe not Hellebuck's best night, but three on four and then four on five when Bo Byram puts on. I don't know what the hell the Jets were doing on this play. Bo Byram had so much time and so much space. Maybe New Hook got away with a little cross check, but Byron snipes it past Connor Hellebuck is four to one abs just past the halfway point of the first period of this game. The building's silent. The Jets are already getting pissy. Four goals on five shots for the abs in the first period. 
I was shocked they let Hellebuck stay in the game, but you could tell that unless the Avs completely melted down, this was over. You really could feel that way. And I, I that was funny. I don't know if you caught it, but Winnipeg fans were giving him the little uh, gentleman's cheer when he was making some saves. Oh, yeah. And the funny part is Hellebuck actually didn't play that bad in this game because it easily could have been like six to one after the first period. The Avs were just kicking the shit out of the Winnipeg Jets. Um, and Hellbuck actually made some big saves to keep that game close for a while. Um, and then I think finally in the third period, they were kind of like, okay, well, well you, you've done enough for us. So there's not much save in this game. Um, but it was weird. I did not expect the Jets to come out that flat. I really did. I, I was shocked by this because as well as the Avs played, and I will thoroughly talk about how this was probably one of their best 60-minute performances of the season, the Jets were abysmal in this game, and they were doing the thing coming into this game, talking about how this is one of our biggest games of the season, and they just laid a goddamn egg in this one going up against the Avs, who are now ahead of the Jets, and now so are the Wild as well. The Jets, who lost 4 nothing, I think, to the Islanders today, have fallen into the wild card all of a sudden, and they're seeming like they're in a total free fall at the moment. And this Bo Byram goal, I think, totally encapsulated this. They were just completely out of sorts and they were i think justifiably booed out of their own building for this yeah it was not it was just weird because i just everyone expected this to be it's just such a close game uh because you the abs had the jets have kind of had the abs number this year so far like they yeah. they've had they've had our number hellbucks had our number um but the abs just came out and reminded everyone oh yeah we're the fucking Colorado avalanche yeah uh, and they, they dominated this game. You get Matt Nieto in the second period, getting the last goal of the game to make it 5-1. Um, beautiful pass by JT Comfer. J- JT Comfer, again, multi-point game. He was unreal in this game, uh, just like he's been all season. I believe he tied a career high in assists with that goal or that assist. Did he end up breaking it against Calgary? I don't think he got a point against Calgary, did he? I'm very quickly trying to find out, but regardless comfort has been just a stud for this team over the last little while. And again, like we talked about on Wednesday makes me really hesitate on the fact like you need a second line center because comfort has been doing great stuff as of late. And I'm pretty sure comfort broke his assist thing a while ago. Now that I'm thinking about it, was it points then he has 40 points right now. I think his career high is like 33. Uh. I think he broke it a while ago. I think that's just, Comfort right now is just, yeah, he's already like well past most of his records at this point. Yeah. I think he's, uh, I'm he's way he's, off. He's he's looking for goals. He had 18 last year, and right now he's sitting at 12. <laughs> Should break that. Um, but yeah, I mean, he continues to be unreal. And like you said, I, I don't know if you need to get a second line center. I really don't I think you need a center, but I don't know if you need the second line center that people have been begging for. I think Comfort's totally fine in that role. And just a great finish by Matt Nieto again. 11 goals on the season. I believe his third here. I love this guy. I, my only complaint, like I've said, is that we didn't get him sooner. He is so good with this team. He's just blended in perfectly from day one. I've really yet to see Matt Nieto make a play that I don't like, especially for a player of his skill set, which is bottom six. But for the role he's playing, I really have yet to see Nieto make a play where I'm just like, yeah, not the best. I love everything this guy does. Hey everybody, hope you've been enjoying this episode so far, interrupting to bring you a word from our sponsor at DraftKings Sportsbook. NBA fans, it's time to bring back the hoops action to the palm of your hand with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. 
This week, new customers can bet $5 and win $200 in free bets instantly. Plus, for a limited time, all new and existing customers can get a no-sweat same-game parlay every day. All you have to do, go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app today, opt in, and place in a same-game parlay on any NBA game, and if it doesn't hit, you'll get a free bet back. I'm not going to pretend to be a basketball guy, but those Denver Nuggets, they're looking like some free money right now. If you want to get in on the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, you can download the app now and sign up with code THPN. New customers can bet $5 on the NBA and get $200 in free bets instantly only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA with code THPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. Void in Ohio. See show notes for details. Now, back to the episode. Yeah, he's been a fantastic addition, and that trade, I think, is going to age more better and better as we go on. Um, and He's just, I love, we'll talk about in the Calgary game, but him and Morgan together have been really good. Like, they're two smaller guys, but they add a good punch together. Um, and then you add potentially Darren Helm back into the system. You add that center that you're talking about trading for another forward, like the abs forward wise, if they can stay healthy and get Landy back and get Helm back, the, the forward core is looking pretty fucking solid. Yeah. They're looking set for quite a while here. And even just to finish up on this jets game, because strangely enough in a game, this important, there's not a lot to talk about because the abs, they just took care of business in this one. This is as close as the abs have looked all season to last year. And honestly, the thing that impressed me the most is none of these goals. It's the third period where mm-hmm. they shut this game down. It was boring. And that is exactly what you want in a game like this. There was no score effects. They did not allow Winnipeg back into this game at all. There's a couple scoring chances both ways, but this was a boring uneventful third period the abs completely shut the door they allowed nothing for winnipeg this is as almost looked as close as it did to the playoffs last year when they just decided like no this is done you're not scoring and they just shut it down best part is you do it without kale mccarr too (laughs) there's still no gabe there's still no kale and we'll talk about in the calgary game as well you're still dealing with back-to-backs and they're coming in here and playing some of their best hockey of the season Best hockey of the season. Like you said, that third period was the perfect period. No one got hurt. No one, nothing crazy. You were able to roll all, all four lines. And Georgiev, I think, ended up facing, what, like 23 shots in this game? Yeah, he didn't face. He ended up facing 27, save 26 of them. And you know who played the most minutes in this game? Was it Sam Gerrard? Sam Gerrard at 23-20. Devontae's just over 20. Bo Byram at 21. And you were able to keep guys like Nathan McKinnon at 21, Rantanen at 20, Val at 20, able to spread your mitts across the lineup and pick up a massive win. Um, like it doesn't even it doesn't even feel that big just because of how routine it was, but yeah. it cannot be lost how important that win is going into Winnipeg and taking a regulation win from them. And now you look at these standings. And Winnipeg, like we've said, has fallen into that wild card spot, and the Avs have three games in hand on them, and they're tied in points at the moment. And it really does set you up very nicely for going back home and playing a desperate Calgary team when you have a game that was that easy. I think that's what concerned me going into this Calgary game is how easy the Winnipeg game was. Um, but boy, oh boy, was I wrong because the Avs just came out and kicked the shit out of the Flames too. Um, I wouldn't say kick the shit. The Flames definitely, you could tell the Avs were a little tired. 
I think, late in the second period. But they just held on. Georgiev made some massive saves. And it's just the Avs continued to win. I, I would say this has been their most complete two-game performance yeah. of the year. This is the most impressed I have been with this team all season long. And yes, there was that stretch against Ottawa and Detroit fresh off of the Chicago game. But those felt like inevitable, didn't right. they? It was just like the abs are so due for these pucks to start going in. But you look at these two games, they go into Winnipeg and crush them. And second half of a back-to-back, a team that at the at that time was the team Calgary was chasing to get into the playoffs was the abs because they were technically the second wild card at that point. And the Avs, again, just went ahead early and did not let up. There was a point where it looked like they were getting a little tired. But again, that's where a lot of the system came into play. And they completely shut this one down again. Completely shut it down. Um, Before we go too much farther in this game, there was uh, it was the return of Nazem Kadri. Um, It was. I've been to a lot of those player videos where it's like um, they come back and they like get the crowd going in. Like I was there for the Duchesne one. I was there for the Grubauer one. I was there for the Berkey one. Like I was there for all of them. None of them were as like, I don't think I wouldn't say emotional, but it was just a really cool moment to be a part of because the city of Denver loves Nazem Kadri and we will always love Nazem Kadri. And I think Nazem Kadri will always love the city of Denver. Yes, I think in a perfect world, if he could have and financially taken like a one year, like three million dollar deal with the abs, he would have. Yes, I really think if the salary cap did not exist, Nazem Kadri would still be on this team. There was there was never any reason for him to not be here other than it. The money just does not work. They wanted him to be here. He wanted to be here. But the salary cap gets in the way of everything. Yeah, but it was. One of those moments that I'll always kind of remember, like it was just cool. Like I was watching back the videos that everyone was tweeting out and I was getting a little bit of goosebumps watching it. Like I've never seen a player get that long of an ovation after the video ends. Like usually it's kind of just like a gentleman's cheer, Um, (laughs) but it was a really fucking cool moment. Um, And I, I will always like Nazem Kadri. I feel like he will always be associated with the abs and as an avalanche player, and I, I think people have already kind of forgotten that he played for Toronto. You know what I mean? And the Calgary days we'll kind of look back on. But yeah, I that was a really cool moment. And I think the Avs did a really good job with that video. They knocked that one out of the park. That was a beautiful tribute. I've laughed when they actually had like the water bottle. The water bottle, yeah. I was like, oh, they actually put that in there. Wow. Yep. Not that I was surprised. I was like, "Oh, I didn't. I just didn't think we were going to be that petty." Which I. It's loved. funny that the that got put into a tribute video, but not into the Stanley Cup championship video. Right. <laughs> that was hilarious. I mean, Nazem Kadri could not have gone out on a higher note. I mean, let's no. be totally honest. Like that guy had a storybook playoff where all that shit happens against St. Louis. He scores the hat trick against them, and then breaks his thumb against the Oilers, comes back in the final, scores the overtime winner that put us a game away from winning. And obviously we won the Stanley Cup in large part because of Nazem Gadri. Could not have gone out on a higher note. And honestly, I can't believe it took this long to finally have him back in Denver. And I think that's what made it better though, is because yeah. it was so long. Because you really think about it. The, the last game he played in ball arena was game five against yep. Tampa. He has not been back here in a while. And I love that picture from the flames morning skate where he's just on the ice, looking up at that banner. It's just 
man, I miss him so much. He was. I really so do think like if if he he made the right decision because he set his family up for success long after he's gone. Yeah. But if money wasn't an object for him and a big deciding factor of taking care of his family, I don't think he leaves, man. No, I don't. Again, if the salary cap did not exist, Nazem Kadri would still be here. We it would have been. They would have found a way to make this work. I don't even think if it's the salary cap doesn't exist. I think if he had made like a Nathan McKinnon contract in the beginning and came back and money was not like an object because he's having he's not having as good of a year as last year, but he's on pace to still be a pretty solid yeah. player. I think, I think Nazem Kadri in Calgary right now is exactly what we thought he would be in right. year one of that contract. Not as good as last year, but still pretty damn good. Yeah, All-star. He was an all-star. Yeah. So I just... I really think if he was in like had made more money in his career, because he had already taken the cheap deal with Toronto, like he wasn't going to do it again. And it, it was really one of those things that like, damn you salary cap. We fucking hate you type of moment. Yeah. Um, but that was cool. I appreciate how they got done early in the game. And then uh, there was actually, I forget who it was. They were sitting behind me. They go, that's a genius strategy by the Avs. Make Nazem Kadri super sad and emotional and throw him off his game. Yeah. <laughs> So I don't, I don't think I don't think they needed much help with that with the the state of the Calgary Flames no. right now and uh, the state of the Calgary Flames goaltending at the moment not good. Jacob Markstrom starts this game for the Flames and the Abs have two shots and two goals to start this game. Nathan McKinnon because of course it is with the way he's playing right now he is just on an absolute tear gets that pass from Nachushkin just makes a beautiful McKinnon move. And Markstrom just completely misses it. Beautiful goal from Nathan McKinnon to put the abs up one nothing on their first shot. And I love this goal from Alex Newhook so much just because it's it's the Darren Helm goal. It is. It's the Darren it's Helm the, goal. It's the Darren Helm goal that put us in the Western Conference final. The goal that beat St. Louis and sent them into a retool. It's off the boards, the pass from Logan O'Connor, a slap shot from Alex Newhook that Markstrom's just caught napping on. And just like that, the abs are up two to nothing, and this is exactly the formula you want on the second half of a back-to-back. Up early, you can kind of keep playing. And the thing is, is like Alex Newhook now is at what 14 goals? Was that his 13th or 14th goal? As his 13th goal of the season. And it broke a pretty lengthy drought. Yeah, both there's a real possibility he still gets to 20 goals. Yeah. If he gets and hot down the stretch, seven goals is definitely on the table. It's on the table for him, and he's been playing better lately. I think really, I think it was Rycroft talking about it in the broadcast. The Avs have just been shooting the puck more. They're not looking for the perfect play. They're just shooting. And it's worked these past two games because as it turns out, the Avs have some pretty fucking good players. Um, So just shoot the puck. And if Alex knew can get to 20 goals, that's going to be hilarious because I think everyone's kind of wrote him off because he didn't take over that second line center role. But now you're talking your third line center could have 20 goals. Right. And that'd be hilarious. <laughs> and again, even after this trade deadline comes and goes, like I'm sure there's going to be something else that's added to this forward core. I really don't want to break up that third line of oh. O'Connor, Newhook, and Cogliano. They're, they've been killing it for well over a month at this point. The, They're playing great hockey together. The only one is just because I love Darren Helm in that line when they were together. That, that's the only one I would break it up for. But even then... You're talking the fourth line then could be Newhook, Morgan, and uh, Nieto, and that's also a pretty badass line, but I don't think defensively that's the most responsible. Probably. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, the way Newhook's playing right now, he has just been a rock-solid player 
Uh, I think he's going to – what did we say at the beginning of the year in our preview for him? What did we say we wanted from him? If he could get 20 goals, we'd be yeah. over the moon. I think we said back 20 goals, and if you can get close to 50, then yeah. that that we'd be doing backflips over the moon about that. And I think yeah. we kind of expected him to maybe be the second-line center at this point in the season, and I don't think there's anything wrong with him not being that right now because – JT Kompfer has absolutely filled in that role and allowed Newhook, who again, is not old. He is 22 years old still and still is going to take some time to develop. It's not a bad thing to have him still sticking around this third line center role. And you can see the improvements are there. And a guy like this being streaky at this age is completely normal. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. And this gives him more time to develop into that more responsible role next season Mm -hmm. i don't see anything wrong with this whatsoever and anything else that you get from this when he starts going on a heater especially if that's in the playoffs is gravy yeah 100 gravy so the only thing that concerns me is if he keeps playing this well his contract's just gonna go up which would kind of suck but we'll get to that point when we get to that when is that ever not the case with the like a guy is on a contract year and just has like an okay season but even then if he has an okay season we're like yeah well we don't want you yeah so it's just gonna be one of those things, uh, because also Bo Byram is playing at such a fantastic rate right now that he's pricing himself up too. So yeah, Alex Newell gets that goal, makes it two nothing, and Calgary had their chances in this game, but Georgiev made some, excuse me, some massive saves uh, in this game, and also Calgary just missed the net. Yeah, the Calgary Flames are in a lot of friggin' trouble right yeah. now, to say the least. Uh, my favorite stat that came out after this game is the Flames have the worst save percentage in the NHL since the All-Star break at an 847. You are not winning any hockey games with that goaltending. And even then, I don't think that Markstrom was horrific in this game. Oh, he made some big saves. Yeah, I think the Flames are just an absolute mess right now. We're talking about the vibes with the Avs and how good they are. The vibes in Calgary are bad. Well, and this has been we talked about this at the beginning of the, when we were doing our season preview that this is either going to work really well for Calgary or it's going to be an absolute shit show. And it's been an absolute shit show because Huberto's regressed and you, his contract hasn't even kicked in yet. That is Kad- scary. Yeah. Kadri's been good. He's been good, but he hasn't been the Nazem Kadri that, but no one wanted him to be that Nazem Kadri anymore. Like he's been exactly what you thought you were getting. Uh, you have, uh, I mean, Uyghur's been okay. Uh, Rasmus Anderson's okay. Like everyone's just kind of okay right now. Yeah. They've needed someone to be like a stud for them. And nobody has stepped up into that role. Like again, Anderson's been fine. Uyghur's been fine. Huberto has been not great at all. Kadri has been pretty good. And they just, they don't have that guy and they don't have a goalie. Jacob Markstrom has regressed more than any goalie this season to a sub 900 and actively costing them a lot of games and Vladar has not been able to come in there and save them. And I think it really showed in this game, how they just, they can't hang in games like this. Like the abs, they played really well again, much like the Winnipeg game. There was a lot of attention to detail. And when defensemen came up and pinched, a lot of the forward would retreat and block Calgary from doing anything. But if Calgary was a better team, I think this game probably ends up going to overtime. And because again, second half of a back-to-back, you are rested. You don't have a ton of excuse to be losing these games. Like at least Edmonton had a lead on us last week. This game was, they didn't even have an ounce of the lead. So yeah, I mean, 
it was a great first period for the Avs. Second period was good. Uh, you get, I still think it was Val who scored, but apparently it deflected off Miko's wrist. Yeah, it, um, it, it, was def- it was definitely Miko's goal. Yeah, that just sucks for Val because it's like he did 99% of the work on I mean, that to, play. To, to be fair, he would have completely missed if it didn't You go think off. so? Yeah, it was It was on the, the replay. It would not have hit the net. Oh, all right. Well, good on you, Miko. Um, and now all of a sudden you tweeted or you texted me and you're like, Miko's not out of this, uh, this rocket Richard race all of a sudden. Yeah. Maybe, maybe a little bit. Cause McDavid's at 48, <laughs> yeah. but in terms of everyone else, in terms of like the posture knocks of the world and everyone else in Tage Thompson's who are at, in the forties right now, he's not out of that race again, right. like everything with McDavid right now, everything's the race for second. So the race for second in the rocket rather than still in that you have a chance. So yeah, I mean, Miko, that's back to that's goals and back to back games. He's coming back into form. And it, like I've said, whenever the Avs want to just put McKinnon and Ranston together, it's just, it's impossible to stop them. Like those two together just play off each other so well. Um, and they do it every once in a while. And then when you add back in Landeskog, too, I think we've forgotten just how good Landeskog, McKinnon, oh my and Ranston God. were. This, the league is not ready for no. when Gabe Landeskog comes back. Like when he gets his legs under him and his back and fully integrated into this team again, that's ridiculous. With an abs team that has already figured itself out, this is their toughest stretch of the season. And again, I can't believe we haven't mentioned this yet. They had three straight back-to-backs, six games, and they got 11 of 12 points. Four-game win streak, too. Like It's crazy. Uh, we were talking less than three weeks ago. Five-game win streak. Five game win streak. Um, we were talking what less than three weeks ago, and we're like, maybe we can, maybe we can sneak into the top three in the central. Now we're talking later, like three weeks later, and it's like, yeah, if they don't win the division, that'll kind of be disappointing at this point. Yeah, it's, we're, we're talking like when they play Dallas next week. If they win that game, they're probably winning the central at that point, right? Because then there'll be a three no sweep against Dallas this year. Yeah, so it's going to be. Like I just laughed because when we were talking with Evan, it was like, yeah, I don't know if we're really going to catch Dallas, maybe Winnipeg. And now all of a sudden it's like, yeah, this is inevitable at this point. It's helped that Dallas and Winnipeg have been losing a lot. Uh, But I think we all kind of predicted that that would happen. Yeah. I mean, I thought maybe Winnipeg would step back a bit and maybe I think we both predicted we'd end up playing uh, Minnesota in the first round, but Dallas has been losing a lot of games they ended up tying a game against vegas last night with 30 seconds left and winning it in a shootout but they lost to chicago recently they've lost to columbus recently that snapped a five game losing streak for the stars that last second shootout win over vegas they've been struggling winnipeg has been struggling and vegas is playing decent and so far that's just enough for them i think actually i think since the all-star break i don't think vegas has lost a game in regulation. I think they've gotten a point in every single one, which has helped them out a lot, especially in the yeah. Pacific race. But now you look at this like, okay, well, who's your next game? Vegas. Vegas. So yeah. I guess we just like everything. We just got to do this ourselves because we're not getting yeah. any help. Yeah, Not getting any help. Uh, but it's feel, uh, the way the abs are playing right now, you have to feel good about that game. But just to put a bow tie on the Calgary game, uh, Dennis Mulligan scored maybe the goal of the year. Uh, it's, yeah. Shockingly, yeah. Dennis, I, I thought that was McKinnon making that move. I did too. And he put, so, I forget who it was he put in a blender, but he put someone in a blender with the, I think sh- it was the door off. Yeah. Probably. Well, that makes sense. He puts, <laughs> he puts the door off in the blender with the shoulder shimmy. 
and snipes it on Markstrom. And I think it's worth mentioning at this point that the game was not over no. at this point before the four to one goal. The Flames got one back towards the end of the second, a power play goal from Tyler Toffoli that Nazem Kadri got a secondary assist on, makes it three to one. And the Avs had to get out of that period a little bit because you could tell they were starting to run out of steam. And uh, having Curtis McDermott get clocks by Milan Lucic definitely. Yeah, did. I, I've been I've been putting this off uh, pretty much all day. Um, when I have Curtis McDermott winning fights as like the whole reason why we should keep him, and he gets yeah, this he is gets a, dropped. The Curtis McDermott train has has taken a hit. Yeah, this was not good for the Curtis McDermott stands, uh, and as the leader of them, um, it was not a great day for me yesterday. Uh, add injury to insult, uh, he, he goes in concussion protocol. Uh, I think you have to at that point. Yeah. If you're, you get so, punched in the face and your knees are wobbly, you got to go into concussion. Well, and here's the thing. He would have won that fight if Luchas doesn't land that one punch. Yeah, but that's how fights work. In yeah. The NHL. He had the edge in it. Lucic got a good punch in. Lucic still knows how, still knows how to chuck him. It was a rematch that McDermott won last time, yep. and I think it did kind of change the energy of the game. Hundred percent did because I don't think anyone was expecting that. It's just like watching that juggernaut Curtis McDermott, who is we've never even seen come close to losing a fight, get get dropped. And yeah, I think everyone was kind of like, "Oh fuck!" <laughs> yeah, I was like, "Oh god!" I I winced like when I saw that. I saw I saw you tweet it because you were at you were at the game, so you were yeah. ahead of me. You saw McDermott lost failure. Like, what? Then I saw him get dropped. I was like, oh, shit. Yeah, I think everyone was kind of like, oh, shit. That that happened. Like, I can't imagine being on the abs and be like, oh, Jesus. Okay. Tough guy just lost. Yeah. And then um, who took the penalty later? I think Cogliano. Cogliano took the trip on Uyghur shortly after that to fully makes it three to one. I felt good, but I felt the Flames had some momentum coming on. But the Mulgan goal put this one away. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, just... Curtis, I need you back, man. You, the first person he fights in the next fight, I do not wish them like they—they they are going to get just fucking smoked. Yeah, um, like he, he's going to pick them up and yeah. slam them through the glass. Like, I also thought about this. What do you think? Like Dustin Bufflin versus Curtis McDermott would be a fun fight. McDermott wins that still. I think so, but Bufflin was like Bufflin, <laughs> Bufflin kicked ass. Bufflin, Bufflin is a huge dude, but McDermott's also huge, and I think just little better at fighting. Yeah, the thing I loved about Dustin Bufflin is he was actually good at hockey too. Oh yeah, <laughs> he was one of those like, rare guys who was like horrifying, and also was the top defenseman on the Jets back yeah. in their 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 brief Stanley Cup window. And man, that'd be a good fight. I remember. I'm I'm getting all those memories back of like that weird Dustin Bufflin saga from a couple yeah. of years ago, where it was like no one knew if he was ever going to play again. I don't remember. I'm not going to talk about that too much. Yeah. I don't remember exactly how that happened. I don't want to get those incredibly personal details wrong. But yeah, Bufflin he kicked ass. But I, I was just thinking about that fight. That'd be a good fight. Yeah, um, wasn't the last scuffle that happened no, as well. Wasn't actually. the last scuffle, and it yeah. involved people who don't you don't necessarily want in scuffles and. Uh, I think this was brewing because I, you could tell the flames were frustrated in this game because their season hasn't gone the way they wanted to, but it was Mikel Backlund before this first scuffle, he lays, it was a clean hit on McKinnon, right? Yeah. Like it wasn't, there was nothing bad about it. Um, McKinnon tries to fight him like legitimately is like egging him on to fight and Backlund to his credit drew a penalty on McKinnon because he didn't fight um, kind of a pussy move. But uh, because in the grand scheme of things, you look at that and you take McKinnon out for five minutes, 
That's better than a two-minute power play necessarily. Um, and he turns that down, and then shortly after that, you get another scuffle with back when I believe he hit Miko, right? Yeah, it was um, he knocks Miko down, and then yeah. Bo just grabs him yeah. and just starts ragdolling him around. I cannot emphasize enough that Bo Byram is a goddamn maniac. He is. I love him because he's just so funny sometimes because he's 21 and he sees ranson go down and he just grabs him and just starts swinging him around like a doll it's the funniest thing i've ever seen it cracks me up i don't want him doing that but you're just not going to take the hockey player out of him you're you're just not that is simply something we are just going to have to accept with bo byram is that he is insane and he's our maniac and he's just as long as he avoids the head trauma go nuts dude Well, and that was even a big thing too. I we I can't believe we haven't talked about this. Bo Byram took over the top power play unit in these oh, two games, and he was unreal in both those games. Like Devon Taves, it's like it doesn't suck because it just shows you how deep the are the abs are at defensemen. Devon Taves is still like a very good defenseman, but the fact that you bump him down to the second unit on the power play for a kid who's still learning how to like play the NHL game is hilarious. Yeah, and the power play got better. The power play was really good over these last couple of games. And Byram, it's I said it on Twitter, it's just so funny that the Avs just, whenever Kale McCarr is out, could just bump Bo Byram up there whenever yeah. they won. And that Bo Byram's 21 and is better than most defensemen in the NHL already. I was thinking about, I was like, if Bo Byram stayed exactly the same the rest of his career, he'd still end his career really damn good if he did not grow yeah. a single way. For the next 15 years, he's still like a fringe top pair guy right now, which is crazy. It's hilarious. Um, but yeah, we don't need Bo Byron fighting. Like, I guess Chris McDermott was out. You still had England at this point. So you, you just throw England out there at that point. Um, but it was a, it, it was a, a scrum of scrums. It reminded me of a playoff scrum. Like those are the playoff. Those are the plays we'll see in the playoffs like 95 times. So um the Avs, you get that Mulligan goal, makes it 4-1, and then you can kind of just cruise. Yeah, the game was pretty over at this point. And the Avs, again, to their credit, did a really good job at shutting this game down. I mean, you look at the shot totals in the third period. The shots were 5-3 to three Calgary. The Avs completely shut this game down on the second half of a back-to-back. They knew the job they needed to do, and this looked a lot like the team from last year, especially in the playoffs, like I said earlier where they just decide you're not scoring and this game is done. Yeah. And that's exactly if they can do that for the rest of this year, the NHL should be terrified. They should. The Um, NHL should be terrified right now that we haven't even hit yet. And the abs are already knocking at winning the central and winning the West entirely at this moment before they've even gotten Gabe Landeskog back (laughs) and the trade deadline additions. They've been doing this without Makar. They got 11 of 12 without Kale Makar and Gabe Landeskog, and you're telling me the West is wide open? Give me a break. Hey, everybody. Hope you've been enjoying this episode so far. Interrupting to bring you a word from our new sponsors at Raycon. This is the time of year everyone's making New Year's resolutions, talking about big changes, but most of the time, these are pretty unrealistic, and even the smallest changes can contribute to these habits. And I've found you don't have to break the bank to make a big deal purchase for even the smallest things that could be a part of these big changes. For me, that has been my Raycon headphones. 
Raycon is premium audio at the perfect price point, so you can build great habits without breaking the bank. For me personally, my New Year's resolution has been running. My old headphones are staticky, they ran out of battery too easily. Ever since I switched, Raycons have fixed my routines and made them so much easier. Whether you're looking for a pair of everyday earbuds, gaming headphones, or a speaker with a battery that'll last all night, Raycon has you covered. And these are half the price of other premium audio brands. So you don't even have to choose. You can get a pair of headphones and a spare, a speaker, and you're still paying less than you would for even just one pair of headphones from other companies. And even if you know you'll love your Raycons as much as I do, Raycon wants you to make sure that you'll feel great about your purchase. They offer buy now, pay later options, and every purchase has a free and easy return guarantee. And best of all, Raycon's features are endless. Three customizable sound profiles, earbud tap functions, noise isolation, awareness mode, crystal clear call quality, water and sweat resistant, hours of battery life. There's just no reason to not get in on this now. So if you're ready to buy something small with a big impact, go to buyraycon.com slash THPN today to get 15% off your Raycon order. That's buyraycon.com slash THPN to score 15% off. Now, back to the episode. If the Abs get home ice through the entire Western Conference, it, it's I don't know a team that can beat them four even times. If, even if they don't, I think it's all. I think we're already seeing that the West is the Abs conference until someone can find a way to take it from them. Because yeah. no one, the Abs should be buried at this point. They should be in the playoffs, but they should not be in the Western Conference conversation right now. The fact that all these other teams could not put them away and build a decent enough gap that the Avs should have had no hope of catching them with the way they were playing and how injured they were in December and January and the way they, they again, lost like seven in a row, capped off with losing yeah. to the Blackhawks, and they couldn't find a way to put this team away, and now the Avs are back, and you have people with the audacity to say the West is wide open? I don't think so. Yeah, I think I loved it because I, I think it was uh, Jesse a bar down. It was just like, I really don't want to face the abs. In the yeah. first <laughs> I think we think we sent each other that. It's like, yeah, I think they're they're starting to realize like, oh, crap, we might be in. Yeah, we should have killed these guys when we had the chance. Yeah. Um, it's like, how, because, how, yeah, how, abs- how can you as a Jets fan watch that game and be like, yeah, we can take them? I mean, the only chance is if Hellbuck's like a 950 the entire time. Like, Which is, I that'd be the only possibility. Chance. It is possible, but yeah, I mean, the abs just continue uh, to play some damn good hockey and I've been really encouraged with it because the past, what, 19 games now, they're 15, two and two. Like, that's absurd. Um, you potentially get Kale McCarr back on a, tomorrow. By the time you're listening to this, Kale McCarr is a possibility. Um, Gabe Landeskog, we're still thinking like end of March, like this team's going to get better, uh, which is scary to think. Um, but before we go on this flames into this flames game, there was one more thing I wanted to talk about and I tweeted about it and I know I'm going to sound like a whiny bitch, um, it, which well, apparently people picked yeah. up on that by now. So, yeah. So I don't know what's changed in the past, like three years, but people's, uh, manners at sporting events have gone to shit. Yeah. I had a guy, no joke, five times last night in the middle of play, walk down the aisle and make my entire row stand up in the middle of play. <laughs> like w- in what world is that? Okay. Like I, I remember when I was a little kid and I'd go to games with my dad, this is when I was like maybe four foot five, like 
he said, you do not stand up during the play. You just don't. You wait until there's a whistle and you go. This dude, no joke, five times, five fucking times went down and walked and he walked so fucking slow. And I felt so bad for the people behind me because, you know, I'm I'm six, six. I'm a big dude. I blocked the your entire view. And Jeff, who sits next to me, is a big dude, too. He's probably like six, three. Like we're blocking this and you're blocking everyone. Like, dude, just wait till a fucking whistle. And I don't know where people's like manners went. Like, it's just, I feel like that is um, like, what's the best way to put it? Like it's manners and it's um, etiquette. Yeah. It's just etiquette. Common sense. That's the word I was looking for. Like it drove me crazy, dude. Absolutely drove me crazy. Um, Because I, who raised you? Like this is this is absurd in my opinion, um, because it one time I can excuse one time I can excuse that uh, you didn't know five fucking times you're killing me man you're fucking killing me, um, so yeah that was I, I had to get that off that was grinding my gears because uh, people if you're listening to this and I'm sure all the people who listen to the show are very smart and respectful people so they know not to stand up in the middle of a play, um. But yeah, that really, really grinded my gears. Um, if I had a poor experience, it wasn't because of the game. It was because of that asshole. So, you know, and even if you haven't been to like a ton of sporting events in your life, I feel like you should probably be able to understand that there are other people there and making everyone stand up five different times and blocking the game for everybody. Even like, you know, it's going on. Do you really need that told to you? Yeah, it, it, oh, dude, I was mad. I was a mad, mad guy. Um, and my dad is, he's turning into like, I realized I'm becoming more and more like him because, uh, he, he was getting all pissed off about it. And I was like, yeah, that is pissing me off. You're right. Dad. This is so, bullshit. You're right. Yeah. You're fucking right. I thought you're being an old man. No, this is annoying. Um, but yeah, it, it was, it was great. And, uh, I also at that game, I bought the Kale McCarr all-star Jersey. I have no self-control, absolutely none when it comes to jerseys, uh, I don't need more jerseys. You've seen my jersey collection. I I don't need more jerseys, but I I saw it. It was two hundred and fifty dollars, and I was like, you know what? I just got my tax return. I'm I'm gonna get it. I'm gonna get it. I so think, I just think it's so funny because we're like total opposites in that. Yeah. Whereas like I was texting you like, dude, I was gonna buy a Byram jersey after that scuffle because I've been putting it off for so. I was like, dude, this is two hundred dollars. Yeah. I was wait for it to go on sale, and then you wa- you walked home or drove home from the game with another jersey. Yeah. Oh, dude. I also spent $70 on a replica Stanley cup. Uh, you know, um, that's a worthwhile purchase. Yeah. That, that was, uh, dude, I have no self-control in that store. Absolutely none. I mean, it's I'm sure crazy. The, that, I'm sure the abs appreciate it. Yeah. No, literally. So we're checking out with the Jersey and I see that Stanley cup and I go, how much is that? And she goes $70. I'm like, I'll take it. She could have said another $200. <laughs> yeah. I would have been like, screw it. I'm in, I'm in, give it to me. Um, the worst part is, is I almost bought a Val reverse retro too. They didn't have my size. So thank God. But I, I could have walked out of there spending like 500 bucks, yeah. but I only walked out spending 350. So, I mean, not, not the, yeah, I have no yeah. self-control. Well, you're, well, you're a podcast host Christian. So you're rich. Right. Like, so yeah. it's, it's fine. 
As you, like, I spent you know, like what we make in three months on, <laughs> on the jersey and the fucking uh, replica Stanley Cup. Yeah. So because everyone yeah. knows we make a ton of money off. Oh of it. yeah, we make like seventy five thousand dollars an episode. It's crazy. Yeah, an episode. It's every, every single episode, <laughs> we just get wired, wired money. Yeah. So that's that's what we get. But uh, yeah, um, abs eleven of twelve in this crazy stretch of back to backs is so damn impressive. Uh, but it doesn't get easier. Because this week coming up, by the time you're listening to this, it'll be game day against the Vegas Golden Knights, a very large game for the standings in the Western Conference. Um, right now, we are one and one with Vegas. We're, I think we've only played them once and we won that one. No, I thought, no, we played them twice. Remember oh, we no, went you're to right. Vegas I, well, and yeah. Val had that nasty goal. Yeah, trauma blocking, my bad. Yeah, but yeah, we're one and one. I totally forgot about that game. Yeah, it was so early in the season. It was on the second half of a back-to-back. You wouldn't believe yeah. it. Uh, <laughs> well, now the so, um, the first one I remember just fine. The second one is the one I I blocked out just because all oh those, yeah because that was all bad. those all those losses really blended together at some point. Yeah, that was bad. But this is a massive game. Like you said earlier, Vegas is um, playing some good hockey right now. They haven't lost a game in regulation since the All Star break. I would argue they're the second hottest team in the West behind the Avs. Uh, and this is a potential Western Conference Finals preview. Uh, we'll more than likely see the debut of Ivan Barbashev, who got traded to uh, the Vegas Golden Knights today. Was it today? It was today. And we'll yeah. also see the debut, probably, of Jack Johnson against the yeah. Golden Knights, because he'll, he'll be on the roster at very least by tomorrow. So equally impactful trades, honestly. Yeah. But you're totally, totally the right. same. You're totally right. The, uh, in terms of the West right now, these are the two hottest teams Everyone else has just kind of been okay. Colorado in their last 10 is 7-1-2. and two. Vegas is 6-1-3. and three, So that's just one overtime loss separating them. And then after that, Minnesota is actually on a pretty good tear as well. They're 6-2-2, two and two, and I believe they're on a six-game point streak. And uh, Arizona, 5-1-4 and four in their last 10 games. So that's, that's what we're talking about after that. Arizona, Chicago, Nashville are the next three hottest teams in the West at the moment. So this, could, awesome. very well, this could very well be another uh, playoff matchup for the abs coming up in the, in the Western conference final and the way the Pacific is going wouldn't really surprise me one bit. If Edmonton can't get it together and Vegas, if they, I like the addition of Barbashev for them. I didn't love it for everybody, but I think Barbashev in Vegas does make a lot of sense. I think he does fit their more physical wear you down kind of game. I don't think he's an amazing player, but they only ended up giving up. I believe it was Zach Dean for him, uh 30th overall pick in 2021 which might be the last valuable prospect Vegas had. So, yep. I mean, I respect I, Vegas just saying, we know we're going to be terrible in like five years. Let's just go all out. Yeah. I respect, like, that. you know what? We, that we literally do not care anymore. Yeah. Like, I cannot name a single prospect that the, the Knights have that is projected to be worth much. I, I don't know. The funny part is, is they would have kept these prospects. They'd probably be a pretty good fucking team. <laughs> if they just like, if they just had Nick Suzuki, like, I yeah, think probably like that. Yeah. They'd still be a pretty good team. Um, but for this game, I, I think it's going to be fun. I, I think the abs being at home is going to be huge. I keep waiting for the game where Georgiev's going to show some fatigue. He has not shown it yet. I don't think Vegas necessarily will do that because Vegas is not a high volume offensive team. Uh, this game is going to be, can the abs break Vegas's neutral zone pressure? Can they get past that? Yeah. Because in the first game against Vegas, they were able to do that in the second game. They were not. And that was the difference in the game. Yeah. So 
I think the abs have the advantage defensively, especially if Kale McCarr is back. They'll have the edge and goal because it sounds like Aiden Hill is going to play again. I think so. I think you're I right. think so. Yeah. So you have the advantage and goal. If Kale McCarr's back, you're significantly better on the back end than they are. And forward-wise, I think it's pretty even. I'd still give the edge to the Avs. I think the Avs win this game. I think it's going to be tight, though. I I, I would not be shocked if it's an overtime, like, 2-1 win. Yeah, I think this is a good, I think this is going to be a fantastic game between two very close teams. But the way the Avs have played hockey over the last little bit, taking care of St. Louis, a really good character win against the Oilers and coming back from that game, even when they weren't playing their best. And these last two games against the Jets and the Flames are the best hockey this team has played all season. And while Vegas is hot, their results have not been as impressive as the Avs. They you know they came out of the break on fire. They smoked Nashville, Minnesota, and Anaheim. Then they had a 2-1 against the Sharks, a very fun 5-4 win over Tampa. They lose in a shootout to the Blackhawks. They beat Calgary in overtime, and they lose in a shootout to Dallas. They're not as hot as the Avs right now. This is going to be a tough game, but especially if Kale McCarr is back in this game, which we don't know, not confirmed as of yet, but all we know is he was going to miss the weekend. So that does open the door for him playing today. We, we can't guarantee he is, but if he does... I think the Avs take care of business again. I think it's going to be a tight, tense game. I think the Avs have a 3-2 lead, and they put one away in the empty net for a 4-2 win. I think it's going to be fun. And I think, again, just how the Avs have played and how they have answered the bell against tough teams, I think they're going to do it again. I agree. Uh, it's going to be it's going to be a playoff-style game because that's just how Vegas plays. They aren't a high-paced team like the Avs. The Avs can beat Vegas with speed. It's just can they break that neutral zone press? That's going to be the key in this game. Um, but I think it's low score, and I think the Avs Town eventually wins it for him. I think Miko scores both of them, yeah. and they win that game. Yeah, I mean, this is not the same Vegas team that we played in the playoffs a couple of years ago, and it's not even the same coach anymore. It's honestly, this is a Vegas This is a Vegas team we really don't recognize all that much from the team that we played a while ago. But they're still a very decent team. They're probably it's hard to tell in the West, but they're more than likely going to be the team waiting for us on the other side in the Western conference final. I just don't love their roster to call them Stanley cup contender. They might get there, but in terms of, I still think Edmonton's better than them. I do too, but I need to see Edmonton get together where they have, they're down four to nothing to Columbus. Connor McDavid has probably one of the, most dominant games of his career which is saying a lot for him and they lose like they they've got a lot of work to do and ken holland is still refusing to go all in on this team which i do not understand you have makes no sense mcdavid and dry and you have never once in your tenure been like fuck it we're gonna trade that first we're gonna bring in a big name and we're gonna give this team the best chance it can to get out of the west why would it not be right now I don't like the Oilers, but even they're frustrating me. Like, can you at yeah. least try to give us a challenge? I'd like to have a rivalry here. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think Edmonton's a better team, but like you said, I just don't know if they can get past uh, Vegas because Vegas just plays good hockey. That's what they, they just play good, solid hockey. Like, uh, I like I think Edmonton beats the teams in the Pacific, but I think they're all deep series. And the, yeah. honestly... If they get hot goaltending the other way, any of those series can go the other way. I think they can beat the Kings, who they're likely going to play again in the first round. But let's say Phoenix Copley just turns into a stud all of a sudden. Like, we've seen weirder shit happen in the playoffs. 100%. And 
if Stuart Skinner, like if the clock strikes 12 and he turns into a pumpkin, if it, if it even is Stuart Skinner playing in the playoffs for the Oilers, they might just go all in on Jack Campbell. And at that point they're screwed and they did, they need to figure it out. I think Vegas is the safest bet as of right now. If LA had a goalie, I'd feel pretty good about them, but they don't. I agree. Yeah, it cost them tonight against the Rangers. Like they they outplayed the Rangers, but they got Jonathan Quick in net, so that was bad. Um, Four saves, but yeah, we're uh, you talk about this Vegas game for the Avs, how it's going to be a slog fest, and then you face the Devils. That game is going to be wide open. That game is going to be high scoring. It is going to be fun. You're more than likely seeing the debut of Timo Meyer for the Devils in that game. Um, Speaking of, have you seen how extensive this trade is? Like, no. I know I talked about it, but like significantly more has been added to it. So, like what? Since we're talking about the Devils, I can say that the New Jersey Devils received Timo Meyer, Scott Harrington, Santeri Hataka, Tibor Abragimov, Zach Emond. And our fifth round pick in 2024 from San Jose. And the Sharks receive a 2023 first round pick. Again, that was all the Devils, what the Devils are getting. The Sharks are getting the 2023 first round pick, a conditional 2024 first round pick, which I think I saw is conditional on the Devils making the conference final. I will double check. Oh, okay. Uh, Shakir Makumadulin, Fabian Zetterland, Nikita Ak. I don't know how this one's harder for me. Akhotaniak. Andreas Janssen <laughs> and a 2024 seventh round pick because you, you just got to throw those in there sometimes. Got to throw those in there. Those I mean, seventh round picks. I think that's a win-win trade for both. Um, I, I think the Devils got the better of that one. Yeah, they definitely did. But it, I still like what San Jose got in return. Um, but you're more like going to see the debut of Timo Meyer in this game. Uh, the Devils are a very fun and exciting team. Jack Hughes kicks so much ass. Like Jack Hughes rules. Uh He's having an, if it wasn't for Comic David, I'd say he's having an MVP caliber season. Um, what he's done with that team has been impressive. I think this game's high scoring. I think it's going to be totally different than the game we saw earlier in New Jersey where it was a one nothing game. Yeah, that was a fluke game. I think this is like a 5-4, 6-4 game. I think the Avs win it, um, but it's going to be a fun shootout. Like it's going to be an intense game. And yeah. once again, if Kale McCarr's back, that's the difference maker for me in that game because Devon Taves and Kale McCarr, they get matched up against Jack Hughes. They can shut down that line. Yeah. I mean, I think it's going to be a really tough game. I also look at the stretch we have coming up and the stretch we've faced Vegas, New Jersey, Dallas, Seattle. And after that, things open up. The Avs have played great, but I just think you got to lose one. And I don't, you do. Yeah. You got to lose one. And I don't want it to be the Dallas or even really Seattle just because it's another West team. At that point, I don't want to say they're going to lose to New Jersey, but if this is the one they just happen to drop, I don't think it'd be the end of the world. I think yeah, it's not the end of the world. I think they do end up winning this game, but I I have my eye on it as the this one might be the one where you just something's not going to go your way. But I think it's going to be a fun game. I agree it's going to be high scoring. I'd have Jack Hughes honestly second on my hard ballot right now in oh, terms yeah. of where his team is and how much they needed him when he was gone in, in February, Jack Hughes, I think is definitely second on probably most people's hard ballots, honestly, and might take them far in the playoffs, especially now that they have Timo Meyer. I think the abs win this one. I think it's going to be high scoring and I, I like five, four. I think that's what we're probably going to end up getting. That seems right. That just screams overtime. The devils play a lot of overtime games. So yeah. I, I don't, 
I, I, I agree with you. There could be, if, if this was going to be a time for a stinker, have it be against New Jersey where it does not really affect you. Um, because that Dallas game on Saturday in Dallas is going to be, we've said it like every game is the biggest game of the year. Uh, this is the new biggest game of the year. And this is the last biggest game of the year until Minnesota at the end of the month. Mm-hmm. Cause again, this really does open up after Seattle where I, I think I've said this at least like the last five straight episodes where you've got San Jose, LA, Arizona, Montreal, back to back of Toronto, Ottawa, Detroit, Chicago, Pittsburgh, Arizona, mm-hmm. Arizona again, and then Anaheim second half of a back-to-back road trip before you play Minnesota on the 29th. So, yeah. I mean, well, based on the abs record against bad teams, maybe this is not the easy stretch where that's a 500 stretch for yeah. sure, <laughs> but the door is open for the abs to absolutely start running the table as if they haven't been already, but really start not only catching these teams, but maybe putting some distance between them. Agreed. So, yeah, it's going to be another fun week. The abs continue to kick so much ass. Um, it feels good to be talking about this again, where it's like, if they go on another stretch like they did in January last year, where it's just like we're coming on every episode and being like, yeah, they played fantastic again. Like, that wouldn't surprise me at this point. It really wouldn't. Because it really uh, hasn't, we really haven't had that stretch this season. No. And this team is good enough to do that. Yeah. So we'll see. Um, I don't think I have anything else. Do we miss anything? I feel like we touched on majority. Oh, there's a couple of external stuff to talk about. Nino Niederreiter uh, goes to the Jets for a 2023, 2024 second round pick, which I think is a very good move for the Jets. And Nashville is reportedly open for business. I wouldn't be surprised if by the time this episode is up, Tanner Janot is a member of the Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, Evgeny Dodonov goes to Dallas in exchange for Denis Garyanov. And we talked about Ivan Barbashev going to Vegas already. I like the Niederreiter move for the Jets, but much like Barbashev, I don't think it really changes much. I mean, he's a good player and they're going to have him for next year as well, but it doesn't change the, the, the power balance in the West or anything that it's a good trade though. It's a good business move. Yeah. It's a solid move. The predators are open for business. David Poyle's retiring in June and Barry Trotz will be taking over as the general manager for the Predators at that point. And also report from David Pagnata 30 seconds ago, the Golden Knights tried to move or tried to push for Meyer early this morning. New Jersey clearly moved ahead. That said, Vegas is still active and trying to add to their roster. I'm told the Knights have a few other items they're working on and expect to add over the next five days. I don't know what else they could get. <laughs> I mean, I guess they have their own first and they have most of their draft picks outside of their second round picks. So I imagine they're going to do something. I don't think Ivan Barbas yeah. is the big swing they have planned. I'm just waiting for someone in the West to make a move here. Like I know we yeah. need a writer is the biggest trade so far. And the abs are doing a lot of picking around the edges for the most part. And Barbashev, I get, I guess a form, I guess you can say it's a first round pick because he was a former first round pick in 2021. But like none of these are like, oh, this changes things because it doesn't. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. So we'll we'll have to see. Uh, I still think the abs are in play for something that we're just not even on on our radar. And like next week, we're going to be like, how did we not see this coming? Because that's just what Joe Sackick and Chris McFarland do. Um, but we'll have to wait and see. And this trade deadline, like we said in the earlier in the episode, is going to suck. There's going to be no one moved. Friday it's going to be gonna very be, boring. Friday is going to be terrible. Like we're already talking about James Van Riemsdyk as like being the next big name on the board right now. Right. 
Right. So we'll have to wait and see. Uh, we'll have more to, to talk about that. Trying to even think like Patrick Kane is going to be a Ranger. Like I, I think we, we all know that that's going to happen. Is the biggest name left in terms of like is going to get traded? Vlad Gavrikov. Yeah, but I don't even know if he gets traded at this point now. Yeah, he's been held out for so long. And I know someone was like, oh, Jacob Chickren. I don't like Jacob Chickren is not guaranteed to be traded this deadline. Like maybe, but I think they're really sticking to that price. And they still, they've still got two years to do this thing if they mm-hmm. really want to trade him. At this point, they're not going to rush it this time. We've been doing this for well over a year at this point. They're not going to balk now. No, they're going to wait to get the Duchesne package for him. They're going to wait, and they will get it eventually. Yeah, I think Washington makes a lot of sense for him in the offseason. Yeah. Oh, we haven't even talked about the Orlov and the Hathaway thing. Not a cap yeah. I'm going. I'm going to be going on Caps Chirp on Tuesday if you guys really want to get my breakdown on the Orlov and Hathaway stuff and everything going on with Washington. So how about I do the network a solid and hold off my thoughts on this? There you go. You guys go listen to Caps Chirp with me and the Hockey Troll on Thursday. I think that's a great idea. That's a good promo right there. Yep, helping out our boys on the network. But other than that, <laughs> I think I think we've done our best at covering most of the things that happened. I love the way the craziness that was this weekend. I love the way this show works sometimes where you have Wednesday where it is we come on here and I told you before we started, we are going to make this up as we go because we really don't have much to talk about other than the upcoming deadline. And today we got two really good games, two trades to talk about. The Meyer trade is happening as we're recording all this other shit's breaking at the same time. I'd love the just you never know what you're getting on here sometimes. And I don't think no, you never know. And if you think we know what we're doing, we're making this up. So, oh, yeah, 100 percent. But we still get paid seventy five thousand an episode. Yes, yeah, seventy five thousand dollars an episode an yeah. episode. There's several of these that release a month. I'm actually sitting on a pile of money right now. Yeah, it's like that Breaking Bad meme where it's just like the guy laying on the cash. That's what Griffin and I do. It's pretty dope. Yeah. Love Breaking Bad. I don't. Believe, I can't believe we don't talk about Breaking Bad on the show. It's the one. Th- it's the one pop culture thing I'm actually in touch with. Oh, there you go. It's a good show. Yeah, that's nah, all right. It's all right. Riveting stuff here. <laughs> but anyway, but, I, think, I think we're pretty good for this one. Don't you think? Oh yeah, I'm feeling good. This was a fun episode. I'm excited for the week coming up with the Avs. Um, some really good games we're going to get to see, and I think the Avs continue their winning ways, and it all sets up for. Today, when you're listening to this uh, against Vegas and then Saturday against Dallas, like, it's going to be a great week of Avs hockey. Yep. And we're going to be on standby for the next week for any big trades that come through for the Avs. Uh, if a big, big trade happens, if it's not a Keith Kincaid trade or a Jack Johnson trade like that, we will be back with an emergency pot. If it's a trade that like actively changes the lineup of this team like a top nine forward or a significant defenseman or anything along those lines we'll be back for an emergency pod whenever that happens if it happens almost guarantee we'll have an extra episode on friday next week just be just even if not much happens just to recap everything that did if if the abs do end up doing something so we'll probably have an extra one next week as well but as it stands right now we will be back on thursday following the Vegas games and the Devils games, and then on our normal schedule throughout the rest of the season, barring anything crazy. And then when the playoffs come around, which is starting to creep up pretty soon, we only have one full month of hockey left until half of April. And then it it's showtime, baby. It's going to be right back into the craziness of it. And we'll be back after every single game after that. But 
I think for now, that's going to do it for this edition of the Teledabs Biz Podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. Thank you all so very much for tuning in. You can use promo code Teledabs it is on SeatGeek for $20 off your first order of $50 or more. And if you want to follow us on Twitter, you can follow me at NHL. as I try to make an effort to remember to tweet on that account ever. You can follow <laughs> Christian at Christian underscore Belay, where he actually tweets. And you can follow the show at Teledabs it is where I end up tweeting most of the time anyway. So again, thank you all so very much for tuning in and we will catch you all next time. But until then, Let's go abs.